Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Well, it's July. That means it's Christmas in July, uh, which means if we're talking about Christmas in winter, it's almost basketball season. A mere few months away, uh, football season knocking on the door nine weeks out from kickoff. It is a great day to be a Cincinnati sports fan. Uh, kind of weird, though, right now. I feel like there's a like, – it's interesting. It's fun. But there's there's a weird vibe I'm, I'm getting from the from the name, image, likeness of all the, you know, what's going on, man? Like, like give me a, give me a sponsorship, man. Uh, <laughs> Like, I love the hustle. I love the hustle. Um, but it, it makes me wonder, you know, do we, do, what is the value? You know, what, what, what is the value of, of the name image likeness for college players? You know, is it, is it, I wonder if it's something that's expected, like, oh, everybody's going to start making lots of money from it. Like, I think there's going to be some, some, some players who are going to make bank off this. Uh, like an absolute killing like this will be career like they may not even have to have a career after college and they will make bank from the name image likeness because of maybe the social media following that they've already built up but i am curious where this is going to go and how it ultimately is going to affect you know schools like cincinnati um you know in the long run are we gonna are we gonna see players going to you know funneling into a bunch of just you know big name schools schools with uh, more more you know, a bigger platform for players to essentially sell their affiliate marketing programs that they're not now all joining it will definitely be interesting to watch that was a lot you just said there i do need to ask you what is christmas in july is this something that's <laughs> that's well known that i just don't know about what's christmas in july you never heard of celebrating christmas in july i've not jesus well it, you know enlighten me what's the deal you, it's it, it's self-explanatory. You celebrate Christmas in July. You just it, that's it. It's as simple as throw you throw a party in July that is like Christmas. You're eating comfort food. You're eating mashed potatoes and turkey and ham and I mean, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, so you're basically throwing Christmas parties. You're throwing parties to mimic Christmas celebration. Um, you're bringing that that atmosphere to summer. So, you know, you may dress up as Santa Claus. You have ice cream, some cold food. Um, you generally would celebrate it on July 25th. Um, and, and it's it's a great holiday. I, I think it's it's better, you know, it's better than the 4th of July simply because there's no fireworks involved to wake my dog up. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding about that, by the well, way. Well, this is, this is, is new the greatest to, holiday. Yeah, this is new to me. But, um, yeah, it looks like July 25th is... July 12th and July 25th are the commonly used days for Christmas in July. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll have to give it a shot this year. It's not something that was uh, in my vocabulary. So uh, shame on me, I guess, for that. But I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you led things off here with the name image likeness changes. We're not going to provide some comprehensive breakdown and deconstruction of the law behind it and how it might snowball into um, more and, and a higher volume of lawsuits from other players in the future, which will then, you know, inevitably demolish and, and cave in the NCAA in ways that we can't really fathom at this point. We're not going to get into that stuff. 
but I do think it is interesting just to talk about the vibe and the and the starch, the stark shift in vibe uh, that came on July first when the NCAA granted athletes the permission they they so long have deserved in terms of uh, making money and revenue, generating revenue off of their name, image, or likeness. I think we're in this interesting early period where when it comes to the average athlete, it doesn't seem like they have a great feel. And this is the corporations I'm talking about. I don't know if anyone really has a feel for what, what's the value. Like, how do we use these athletes? How do we, what kind of, what usage can we have to, to generate, to use them to help our business while also providing them some extra, extra income themselves how universities are going to use it to attract players is, is going to be an interesting development over time. I suspect as football season, you know, gets underway here in nine weeks or so, and then basketball season after that, I think you really start seeing things pick up then when you start seeing the players on TV, seeing their names on ESPN, there, there's more, they're, they're more frequently talked about more recognizable at that point. I suspect we'll see it picking up then, but in the meantime, it is funny to see, you know, different athletes, almost, you know, proactively reach out to brands that they just simply like using, you know, like Mike Saunders hitting up Smoothie King on Twitter and getting a response from them was just hilarious in itself. Like, it's just funny to watch that stuff happen now when for so long it's been the, the, the forbidden fruit when it came to the NCAA. So that's what I'm curious, like, is there going to be like an ad agency created that specifically, you know, targets working with student athletes you know, collegiate athletes to to work on getting them affiliate marketing programs or or plans or you know i'm curious like right now you see a lot like you've seen a lot of it you've seen a lot of players getting these endorsements you've seen a lot of you know big players getting endorsements and it's like is it happening right now simply because it's a like if you're a brand i guess what i'm trying to say is if you're a big brand you're a uh, a nike or you're a well, anybody really for that matter, but any brand that's looking for to get in on the the hype around name image likeness, your you signing a big deal right now gets recognition in the media. So you're you're actually kind of getting two, you know, two positives here. You're getting the the player obviously endorsing you endorsing your products or, or selling your products or getting his code, whatever they're getting, but then you're getting the, the pop from the media being, you know, talking about that story. Well, you know, at some point, you know, this is, I think you're going to get it to die down and it's not going to be as big of a deal. Like, you know, Smoothie King signs Mike Saunders Jr. right now. That's, that's a huge win for, for Smoothie King because it's in the media. We're talking about it. Well, they didn't, they didn't. I'm saying he reached out to them. If they do sign him, if that local branch does sign them, then that's a, it's a win. It's a two, two wins right there. Uh, you know, and so I'm curious if that's going to die down, but more importantly, and like you said, we're not going to do a deep dive into it because honestly, we don't know and we won't know, but is this going to be something where we see players legitimately thinking, especially top tier players, you know, the, those top 25 uh, recruits thinking, all right, what are the schools I'm going to go to to get the biggest uh, audience, the biggest, most eyeballs on me so I can make the, as much money as I can off my name, image, and likeness. Um, what is, what is that, what is that going to look like? So is it going to devolve into the, into these, you know, basically, you know, top 10 programs like college football, getting all the recruits, getting all the eyeballs and all those players getting the majority of the money because they can sign national name, image, likeness deals with some of these top tier, bigger programs. 
I mean, is there a way for Cincy Slangin to take advantage of this? And we can basically reach out to different, you know, UC Bearcat basketball and football players for some sponsored tweets. Is that something that's, that's in the future for us? Hey, Mason Madsen, uh, you want to go ahead and give Cincy Slangin a plug on your Twitter feed or any, any social media feed uh, in exchange for X dollars? What is the value of that sponsored tweet? Is that compliant? These are the questions I have. Um, it might be fun to experiment and, and try it and see what we can come up with, Hummer, as a, a as a purely uh, marketing ploy, a cheap marketing ploy by the podcast to spread our name and and make a big deal of name image likeness. Now, is Rob Banks on Twitter? I don't think Rob Banks has social media. Yeah, that's 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 a missing that's a missing opportunity right there because uh, I would 100% go out on a limb. Get get Rob Banks, you know, some hashtags since he's slang and victory cigars. Um, you know, just just give the give the love to the guys that probably aren't gonna get the love. I feel like that's that's where I think there's some some local juice into this. Um, but let's be real. Tattoo gate, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. Like that's that is legal. Like you can now go and trade memorabilia, sign memorabilia for tattoos. Um, cars, you know, like what, what's, what's hundreds of thousands of dollars, like Reggie Bush. I mean, he is, you know, give the man his Heisman trophy back. None of this stuff matters anymore. (laughs) This is accepting that accepting money was like smoking a blunt, uh, in the nineties, you know, like it's all changed. Nobody cares anymore. Apparently, except except the the Olympics, except the Olympic committee. I, I, I apologize. They still care. Nobody else does. Oh well, the NFL still cares too. True. Uh, Apparently, the NBA NBA does not, and there were some reports coming out about Kevin Durant's hobbies outside the court. It involves not much besides recreational usage of the marijuana and uh, playing basketball. Which I don't know if that's just and and social media. I mean, social media is clearly a big activity of his too. Like, who cares? Like, we're you walk out of my apartment. Actually, you don't have to walk out of my apartment. It's not even me who's who's doing it. Uh, but it's there. It's present. We know it's there. It's okay. I think it's time for the world to move on. Uh, I just think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the NCAA. Is this ultimately the beginning of the end? Um, is it going to be something where the NCAA has to break off and become basically a professional sports league? Uh, you know, associated with your school somehow? <laughs> I don't know. At the end of the day, Part of the compensation, like if you look at the overall, if you were to look at the as a student athlete as an employee, and you're saying what does their their employment package include, you know the value of their package is they do have a four year degree that they are earning that is being paid for by the university, uh, you know, and and then you get the perks of the job, you know, you get your t your travel and your T and A, your titty and your ass is uh covered, um, your T and E not T and A there T and E travel and expenses covered. Um, I mean, when you're looking at the overall compensation package for any given year, let's say it's probably what $25,000 when you, when you uh, take an account for food, lodging, your, your, your university. So, I mean, you, you just got to start taking that into account. And now with name and image likeness, at least that's actually, you can get revenue from outside the school. So it actually doesn't have to come from the school itself. And I'm also curious if you put a billboard up on I-75 and it has, you know, Jeremiah Davenport, you know, rocking the basketball underneath his arm. Does the university now have to pay him for being on that billboard? 
Good question. That's a I'm great just, question. I'm, curious. I'm curious how all this is going to play out over time. Yeah. I can tell you one thing and that's knowing that athletes can get paid now has completely ruined college sports for me forever. And I no longer <laughs> want to watch that. And this is me officially announcing the podcast is ending. Turns out right, that Dabo. it turns right, Dabo, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that uh, eighteen to twenty-two year olds getting paid is not is not going to ruin college sports for me. It's not going to ruin um, my my love and absolute passion for University of Cincinnati athletics, which is it's nice to know because I I didn't think it would ruin it, but I now know uh, it's not bothering me. And it's funny. There's some definitely there's unintentional comedy online in terms of of what players are doing to try and you know link up and partner up with people. I found it hilarious what Arby's did. And, and I hope that a player actually is wearing Arby's gloves, a beef and cheddar <laughs> pair of gloves on the field and scoring a touchdown and, and flashing the Arby's, uh, the, the beef and cheddar. Cause I think that kind of stuff's hilarious. So the more Dude, we get that, happened, I hope it's a UC football player. I hope he does. And I hope he gets to say <laughs> that touchdown was super beefy. Jerome Ford <laughs> touchdown brought to you by Arby's. That one was super beefy. <laughs> All right, Hummer. Well, we've we've kind of wasted enough time here. We are going to have the councilman back on the podcast today, Joe Barnett from the Republic of Cincinnati.com. He's joining us to talk about a couple. We're going to definitely talk about the defensive line. Um, maybe we'll get into another unit as well. We'll see how Joe's feeling today. Without further ado, let's get into it. Joe Barnett. We are now joined by the councilman, Joe Barnett of RepublicofCincinnati.com. Back to talk position groups. This week, we're definitely going to be hitting on the defensive line for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Joe, welcome back to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. Let's do it, boys. How was your July 4th, Joe? Did you have a good holiday? All your limbs are intact? No major injuries or uh, mental anguish to speak of? Now, uh, I am getting back to normal. Got about 12 weeks of PT and I'll be 100%. So it's good to have two arms back. You'll be back on the field for the Bearcats by like then week three or so. That's good to yeah. hear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be starting in uh, section 116. <laughs> As he says that, Joe's uh, finishing off what I have to believe is some sort of 12% beverage. Um, it was close close to it. So Joe Hummer and I just wrapped up chatting about the NIL changes. There's not a ton of specifics to necessarily hit on with, with, with regard to the Bearcats, but um, I don't know. How do you feel about what's happening with the NIL? Some of the changes we spoke about it more tongue in cheek with some of the, you know, just some of the comedy you can see online and different brands that are using it to maybe not even get into an agreement with a player, uh, but, you know, post an image like with Arby's and their, their beef and cheddar gloves or with barstool sports and how they're sponsoring D three and D you know, D four NAIA athletes. Um, how do you feel about NIL so far? Any thoughts on it? Wait, didn't we get a UC athlete who's part of the barstool? Uh, yeah. Jackson Bruce Chanelli. Okay. Was, there you go. He's a, he's a barstool sponsored athlete. So good for him. Uh, I mean, I think it's great that these guys can, you know, profit off their name, image, and likeness now because the NCAA has been kind of silly. The Reggie Bush saga has been kind of interesting to watch. 
Um, but you know, ultimately the biggest thing is that we'll be getting NCAA football back on uh PS5 and Xbox Series X. So that'll be pretty dope in a couple years. That is that is probably the most exciting news from it. And uh, you know, it'll be fun to monitor. I told Hummer I'm speculating that we'll see a lot more announcements come up as the season approaches, both for football and basketball, as these players get more and more in the news and more on top of mind for for paying customers of these, you know, unique and individual brands, but um, it hasn't ruined college sports for you. The fact that athletes can get paid, you still are a fan of college sports. You still like cheering on UC. I was thinking about giving it up. Okay. Like that. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. These kids. I mean, how dare they go out and make like $50 for a sponsored post. <laughs> I am uh Darren Ravel is this has just been an, a wet dream for him this this since July 1st he can't get enough of of talking about the topic and one athlete I think there's a gymnast out at UCLA who's got like a million plus Twitter followers or Instagram followers some social media following that can be turned into like legitimate big time money and those will be the, the fun cases to watch and and good for them because you know their sport otherwise doesn't get the same coverage but be it their talent on the gym mat or looks or whatever it may be like they are, they have aggregated major followings for themselves. Yeah. I think I read somewhere too. I think there's a pair of twins that play basketball that were on a billboard at New York or at uh, Times square. Okay. Which is kind of interesting, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of the uh, women's athletes do really well with this, with TikTok and Instagram and stuff. But um Curious to see if we'll see any big deals for our Bearcats this season. Yeah, like maybe Mike Saunders can get a few free smoothies out of this whole thing. I I hope it works out. Um, let's get into the defensive line for the Cincinnati Bearcats, your most recent post on republicofcincinnati.com. You can find it there where Joe is, is kind of getting into the defensive line and what to expect this season. It's been a unit, you know, last year in particular, that's been very strong. It's a strength of the team. And obviously... It starts with my Jay Sanders, who decided not to declare for the NFL draft, which I think su- surprised some people, maybe not others. But, you know, I, def- I definitely thought it was in play that he would leave for the draft. What are your kind of high level thoughts on my Jay and the defensive line as a whole? So I, I do have to apologize to my Jay because I did say something nasty about him in the Memphis game in 2018. And he blocked me on Twitter for it. So hopefully he can find it in his heart to unblock me because I've had nothing but nice things to say since. Um, but do you need, do we need to like make this an official walk of atonement? Like, do we need to start ringing the bells? Shame. Chanting shame. Shame. And, and, and maybe make you suffer a little bit more for this? Yeah. What you should never I- tweet at, at coll- collegiate athletes, especially after you're like 12 to 14 beers deep. So <laughs> nothing good ever happened. So my Jay, I'm sorry, please take me back. So have you learned from it, Joe? You've never done this again. You stopped the the behavior ever since. If you've learned I, from it, I think it's a, it's, it's okay. And my Jay should unblock you. Are you willing th- to sponsor my Jay with the Republic of Cincinnati? I mean, if, if, uh, the Republic is interested, I think, I think he'd be, I think the Republic would be on board with having my Jay as a Republic of Cincinnati athlete. I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> well, give us your thoughts. My Jay, if you're listening to this and we know you are, um, have it in your heart to maybe unblock Joe and give him another chance this season. So back on the uh, topic of the line, 
my Jay, I think, is going to have a huge year this year. He's gotten better every year. I know that that he's trying to bulk up for the season because he played pretty light last year. I think I I heard that he was playing in like the two thirties or two forties, and you know, to be an NFL rush rush guy, he's probably going to need to be in the two fifties to two sixties. And I, I think he's pushing pretty hard to get there and hopefully he can maintain that weight throughout the season and keep that explosiveness. Um, you see him on a couple all American lists. He's on Phil season, Phil Steele's preseason all American list is a third teamer. I think he's got a shot to be one of the better defensive ends this season. So I think my jail have a big year. Um, Malik grade, Van, he oh, grades sorry, out too. Well, he grades out really well in with like pro football focus in terms of their their advanced metrics. He seems to get a ton of pressure, and then just in terms of naked eye watching the game, someone like me who doesn't have you know a specialty in terms of watching for things and in, in ter- on the trenches and in the battle uh, between offensive line and defensive line, he just wins constantly. He's constantly in the backfield, makes a ton of plays. When you see him in these photos and, and, and social media videos, even dressed for a softball outing or whatever game that was that the football team played recently, he is just a specimen. Like he is a guy who you can tell is a freak athlete and is just built different uh, than a lot of other guys in college now, football. No one particularly stood out as an outstanding uh, baseball softball player, um, according to the, to the, uh, the media that was thrown out there. Uh, I'm happy that they are all exceptionally talented at football though. Uh, so keep, keep sticking with football guys and just go have fun, go have fun out there. Anyway, they had Joe. some, they had some pretty good looks in those baseball uniforms though. I know there, there was that one strength and conditioning coach that looked like he would just be mashing dingers for any beer league <laughs> softball team. I think what you, the way to put that is the drip was, on fleek oh god delete it edit it out joe i'll let you get back to it what did you who's who's um, lining up i'm opposite? sorry guys we we cannot let coomer edit out his uh use of the word <laughs> i'm on gonna keep it in uh, the drip so is let on that fleek. let that stay in i think i'm i think i'm meshing two different eras of of uh i don't know cool vocabulary i'm gonna stop now but joe who's lining up opposite uh, my jay sanders cool, cool vocabulary Opposite my J is Malik Van, who who actually is kind of an unsung hero when you look at his stats. When I was going through my article, I was really surprised to see how many tackles for loss he had. And I went back and watched some of his tape, and, and he's been really good stopping the run and stopping uh, quarterback options and things like that. And he also has five and a half sacks, so... Uh, Van has also been great. He's a hometown hero. Uh, happy to have him on the team. I think he's going to have an awesome year this year too, especially with the depth of the line. You know, those guys are all going to stay fresh and just be an absolute nightmare for the opposing offensive linemen. So we're keep, we have a lot of stability when it comes to the, the ends, right? With my JM Malik Van, they're coming back and that's a lot of returning production on the edge. There were some significant losses on the interior. One that comes to mind for me is Elijah Ponder, who missed a couple games late in the season last year. And I thought when when he was gone and not playing, I thought you could really tell we were missing him. Like he really plugged the 
the holes on the defensive front. It just seemed like our run defense was that much more solid when he was playing games. Um, any other big departures that we should mention on the podcast in terms of who we're trying to supplement from a production standpoint? Ponder was actually the only one on the defensive line that left. Um, everyone else came back. So basically the, the defensive line is absolutely stacked. They're returning five of their six top players. And then you add in an absolute monster from Virginia and Jawan Briggs, who when I saw him at the spring game, I was like, this guy is an animal, an absolute monster. I mean, my wife even commented, she said, that guy is huge and he is fast. So if, if you know, an unattuned to the game type person can see that kind of athleticism on the field, you know, it really stands out. I when have I've, one of my friends who refers to it as, as uh, he is a grown ass man. <laughs> that is, uh, you couldn't say it any better. Well, when, when I thought about those Arby's gloves and who they might fit for, you know, Jerome Ford came to mind just thinking about a running back and flashing the gloves in the end zone. But looking at this picture you included of Jawan Briggs in your article, the word beef comes to mind. I mean, this is one massive human and just jumping off the page with strength. So that might be someone that Arby's needs to give a call. Uh, but tell me what you know about Jawan Briggs, where he's coming from, what his game is like and what you expect from him with the Bearcats. Yeah. Briggs uh, played two years at Virginia. Didn't see, he, he got a pretty good amount of run. He had four sacks while he was there. Didn't see a ton of tackles for loss, but I think he's kind of, he was one of those guys at Virginia that just ate up space. But I think here with three down linemen, he's going to have an opportunity to play inside and out, especially with that speed. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he matches up moving from the interior to the outside of the line and just probably being a total matchup nightmare with my Jay Sanders out there and possibly Van at the same time as well. And he's being slotted into a lineup that, like you mentioned, it doesn't have a lot of disruption or change. And so in terms of what's being asked of him, it's not going to be, he's not expected to necessarily be a game changer. He's obviously replacing someone who is extremely productive and effective in his role in ponder. But I feel like that's got to make it easier for him to transition to UC, knowing that you have guys like Sanders, Van, Taylor, Brooks, and others returning to the team as well. Yeah, the biggest thing for them is that they're so deep and those guys are pretty well interchangeable, except for maybe Maije. He kind of brings a different step and different level of, of athleticism out there. But, I mean, you've got six guys that have all played high-level football that are going to be able to rotate in and out. And it kind of stinks for some of the other guys because they haven't gotten a lot of run, and I'm not seeing it happening this year either so one thing maybe i didn't bring enough emphasis to briggs when i look at him i thought defensive tackle is it is it cut and dry i mean is he also going to get time at defensive end as well is he of that type of athleticism i mean even last year uh, malik van played inside and out as well okay so i think you're going to see him have those same kind of opportunities especially with the multiple defenses that UC's run, because we're not even sure how often they're going to line up in a 3-3 three, 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 three or a 3-4 three, or a 3-2-5. So 
there's a lot of different looks and a lot of opportunities, but I think uh, Briggs is definitely a guy that can do both at a high level. I'm going to put you on the spot here as a football guy, Joe, and have you go a little bit more in depth on the three, three, four, three, three, five, um, the, the lineup formations that the team might go with and kind of let me know what, what are they going for? Like what's being expected of your defensive line in these different formation options that might be thrown out there by Trestle. So when you're lined up with three down linemen, generally you've got two guys that are trying to eat up the offensive lineman, and then you'll have a speed rusher. Um, and a lot of times your defensive ends will be a lot bigger in a three, three kind of formation or a three, two kind of formation because they need to eat up those blocks and then they'll have the, uh, they'll bring a linebacker as more of an edge rusher. So that's what you see in a three, three or a three, two. Uh, but when you go to four down linemen, you generally have two bigger defensive tackles who can eat up probably three of the guys on the inside. And then you have two defensive ends that are going for a one-on-one matchup, trying to either get in the backfield and stop a rush or go after the quarterback. In terms of those three, three man fronts, there's two specific players. These aren't UC guys, but there's two players that always come to mind for me. One of them is Tony Siragusa, the epitome of, I think that like that three man defensive tackle um, eating up blockers on the inside. It took like three men to block him. The other one was a former Bengal, also Baltimore Raven. I'm hoping I'm getting his name correct. Was it Sam Adams? It was the beer man. <laughs> yes. Samuel Absolutely Adams. Mammoth of a human being. Um, so it does seem like we have some versatility in our defensive front to have and, and play with different fronts and different uh, looks for our opposing offenses. Yeah, and I think with when you look at UC's version of a three-man front, you don't have an absolute monster nose tackle like those guys, but you have somebody who's strong and athletic who can hold up those blocks. Because um, let's be honest, those dudes were thick in the wrong way. And they're, I mean, these are also like all pro guys from the NFL I'm mentioning, right? So right, yeah. it's going to be a different caliber of player on a college roster generally but it does seem like what, what we have on our team and my J is not the, the type of defensive end I would typically expect or look for in a three man front, but I do think it's probably helped him in, in developing certain skill sets, adding weight, adding muscle uh, to play in that type of style. It's going to bode well for his prospects in the future when NFL teams come knocking. Yeah. I think my J if when he does get to the NFL would probably play as more of like a rush uh, linebacker, Right. So he'd be a, like a almost like an outside linebacker in one of those fronts because he has that skill set. But I think he has the skills to even be able to handle, you know, playing the end position in the NFL as well. But he'll he'll obviously have to put on some NFL weight to be as effective. But I think he's got a strong future ahead of him, especially, you know, once you get that NFL money and you can afford the strength and conditioning and all that stuff. So I think uh I think the future is bright for my Jay. And Briggs is a hometown guy, right? This is someone who went to and graduated from Walnut Hills. Yep. He went away to Virginia for a couple of years and decided that he wanted to come back and originally play for Marcus Freeman and uh, Greg Scruggs. But uh, as we know, he'll be on the other side of the field in South Bend. So 
Um, I think he'll be great, though. It'll be awesome to have him back at home. You know, he can take a little jog from Clifton to Walnut Hills if he wants, belt out a couple tunes in the auditorium, and then head back. I love it. We should mention, I'm going to take this time to mention the fact that Greg Scruggs, who's the defensive line coach, he's a, he's a high riser, fast riser in the coaching ranks, very popular, much, many positive things said about him. This is someone that I was in the marching bed with at St. X and incredible drummer. Um, I graduated back in 2006. Greg graduated in 2008. The, the years I'm remembering with him were 2006 and seven. I'm sorry. They weren't 2006 and seven. They were 2002 and 2003. I, I have no idea. I've confused myself. 2005, 2006. I must've been a junior and a senior. Uh, Greg, I think was a freshman and sophomore at the time. Quad drums. Um, I'm forgetting the technical term for them, but someone that would throw down on drum solos with opposing marching bands back in the day. And I, I have to say, it makes me feel better about our pickup tackle football games that the band played in. I mean, Greg participated in these. And you usually think marching band football, that's not going to be anything impressive. Come on, guys. Well, come to find out we were playing with the guy who ended up in the NFL. So um, this might hopefully will change some thoughts about the marching band and put some respect on our name. But Greg Scruggs, great marching band member, great drummer, and now great defensive line coach. And a Super Bowl champion. And a Super Bowl champ. I wonder if uh, there's some connection, too, with uh, Greg Scruggs being a band guy and Juwan Briggs having that voice of an angel. <laughs> I didn't know that Juwan Briggs had the voice of an angel. I need to find out more about. Oh, this. he he was a he's a singer. There Is was he? some there was some speculation that he was going to come in and try and audition for CCM. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah, he's got it. he's got some pipes. Are we talking like opera? What do we what style of singing are we talking here? I'm I'm not a big music guy, but right. I, I've heard him saying, and I was like, "All right, all right, all he's right. got We're it gonna... going on." Boomer Boomer dabbles in singing. I don't know if you've heard. I do dabble. Out. I do, I dabble in some singing hit. as well. Uh, I saw a bear cat. <laughs> oh, I could see the guitar in the background. Is that the I saw a bear cat guitar? Uh, that was more of a ukulele performance, but I oh, will. Uh, very good. Yeah, I'm going to save my singing for when, when we get Jawan Briggs on the podcast and maybe we'll belt out a show tune together. Anyway, let's move on and, and kind of check in on the depth of the roster and the defensive front. Who are some names we should keep an eye on, some returning players and maybe some young talent that might get more opportunity this season? So we didn't talk much about uh, Jabari Taylor, Curtis Brooks, and Marcus Brown, um, but that is just a glutton of bodies that can just rotate in and out on the defensive line and back up uh, Sanders and van. And I'm guessing Briggs uh, will probably be getting some early playing time. So that's six guys already that have had a lot of experience and have made an impact at UC. And behind that, we have a lot of guys that haven't seen the field a lot. Um, and some freshmen coming in too, that have a lot of potential um, I've heard a lot of good things about Justin Watley. I think he's going to be a breakout guy this year. I think he'll see some run. I feel and like then, he, you can tell he spent his freshman year in the weight room. Like he already looks yeah. bigger, stronger, faster than he did coming in as a freshman. And I feel like with this position in particular, this, this category of positions, when you transition to 
from high school to college, I imagine a lot of it is getting up to speed from a strength and, and conditioning standpoint. So those first couple of years, first year or two might be used primarily as, as a conditioning program, essentially. I read, I think in the athletic where uh, they asked one of the offensive linemen from UC who like the next up and comer on the defensive line would be. And he said, Justin Wadley would start for any other team in the American. So that's a pretty good guy to be having come off the bench. And then a, uh, another guy who uh, after this article post, I saw a post on Twitter, Eric Phillips, he's from Coleraine. Uh, he was originally a defensive tackle, but he got shredded this offseason and will be playing defensive end. So I think we might see some action out of Eric Phillips this season as well. Aside oh, from those guys, man, it's so hard to tell because they just don't get opportunities because it's stacked in front of them. Yeah, that's it's tough for a, for a young player, but hopefully they – I mean, it's kind of – it's it's – it's a catch 22, right? Like you aren't getting the playing time, but you also get a clear example of what happens when you put in the work and put in the hours, learning, learning the plays, learning the the technique that is necessary to perform at the level that these guys do. So seems we're like we're going to need up quite the pipeline here. Yeah. And we're going to need them next year because we're definitely losing Sanders. Van's a senior. I doubt he's going to pick up an extra season. If Briggs breaks out, He'll have his three years in. He could be gone. Uh, Taylor Brooks and Marcus Brown are all super seniors, so they better start working on that depth because it could get ugly next year if all these guys are gone. That is, that's going to be quite the turnover, that's for sure. Um, Hummer, you have any final thoughts here or questions for Joe on the defensive front? Put me on the spot here. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't have to. It's just an opportunity to ask. Uh, Joe, I'll pass you the mic. Any final thoughts on this position group or, or wild predictions? I don't have any wild predictions other than every team on the schedule is going to hate playing this defensive line. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty nasty combination. When you look at the depth of our defensive front and the amount of disruption that can come from the likes of Sanders, Van, and, and Briggs, and when you pair that, with the secondary that we've talked about or the, you know, the cornerback position with Ahmad and with Bush and with uh, Kobe Bryant. I mean, it is, it is tough sledding against this defense and it's no wonder why, you know, this, this team has probably what top 10 expectations from a defensive front or sorry, from a defense standpoint. I think top five, there's bold prediction right there. Yeah, I was gonna say your top ten was a little a little lacking there. Kumar was a bit disappointed. Yeah, they were <laughs> putting them that low. Um, what did they rank last year? Where did they finish the season? I think last year they were seventh or eighth overall. Okay. In defense, but but you know last year's a funny year, so we just we might as well just forget about it. Okay, um, I agree. Yeah, there's but, I don't even remember what happened last year to be honest with you. I just know that uh, this team looks really freaking talented, and it looks like Trestle is inheriting a defense that should be top five in the country. I think, I guess that's what we're, we're settling on here. Yeah. I mean, I think when, and Dez's first couple of years, we had, uh, we had the defense kind of steering the ship. And now that Dez had that year last year, that breakout year, you know, 
we we don't need as many points to win a game, but we're going to score them. And then it's just going to be that much harder for opponents to keep up. They're going to make mistakes. We're going to get sacks, interceptions. It's just going to be, it's a bad year to be a Bearcat opponent. It seems that way. It's also a lot of pressure on Trestle to keep the, keep the thing moving in the right direction. I think it helps that you've got such a, uh, such a successful coach, head coach and Luke Fickle and someone who has uh, a tendency on the defensive side of the ball to, to have some cohesiveness there. But I do think if there's any sort of slippage, that's going to be attributed not to the players necessarily, but more to the coaching change that we saw this season. But I do, I I'm trying to think about like, what would be the potential weakness of this unit? And is it fair that it might be lack of girth, like that it might be that we're not the biggest and, and kind of most dense defensive line group. Is that fair? Or is that not even fair in, in saying that? I think the only, well, actually, you know what? No, it doesn't matter because you saw them go up against Georgia in the peach bowl. That's and right. You don't get, you don't get dudes bigger than that on the offensive line than the Georgia boys and they I'm held glad, their own. So I'm glad you mentioned that game. I thought that was the most positive and telling thing from that whole game was how well, our defensive front held up against their offensive line. Those are some huge humans that you have as, as trying to push you around and we held up and that's basically the same unit coming back. Um, but insert Briggs. Yeah. I think the, the biggest problem on defense that we're going to have long-term is feeding all the talent. We need to make sure that all the mouths are getting fed because like I said, we're we're losing. We're going to lose a lot after this season, and we're going to need those guys next year. So, whether it be in blowouts or if they want to start rotating guys in, we need to start getting some of those young guys ready for next year. That's that's really the biggest weakness. I mean, we're stacked top to bottom on the defense. Mm, mm. God, I love hearing you say that. Well, I'd say let's leave it there, boys. That was a nice rundown of a unit that honestly is going to. Uh, have us quite excited. And, and it sounds like the perfect unit to have in a, in a, in a full stadium, a full Nippert stadium crowd going wild. And you've got Sanders Briggs, the whole unit chasing around the quarterback. It's going to be a hell of a time. It's going to be an absolute hell of a time. Could you imagine nip at night? You're you're Dylan Gabriel who has the most flat-footed stance I've ever seen in a quarterback in my life. And you have my Jay Sanders and Jawan Briggs running at you, and you can't yell out for help because Nippert's deafening. Game over, baby. I love it. Well, Joe, I appreciate the breakdown as always. Go find Joe's work at republicofcincinnati.com. He's also on Twitter. Joe, what's your Twitter handle? DJ Barnett. DJ Barnett. Find him there. Great work. Great follow. Who are we going to cover next week or in the coming weeks, Joe? Who do you want to put out there? I think next week we're going to have to look back at some pass catchers. And and again, another group where didn't lose a whole lot. So expectations are high. I suspect there's many casual fans out there that would have assumed that the Bearcats peaked last season that they they kind of reached the top of whatever their uh, metaphorical mountain was that came close to beating Georgia now it's downhill from there if you're listening to these breakdowns and you're listening and understanding that the amount of talent that's coming back you should be getting excited 
This is going to be a freaky good team. And if you have the means, there is no reason not to buy your season tickets now. Nippert's going to be 100% open. Tickets aren't going to get any cheaper single game. So Joe's going to be shirtless, chugging beers. Both arms are recovered. Come I'm going to be drinking beers with both arms at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to be dancing in the last row of section 116 like a madman. I'm going to be screaming until I can't talk on Monday morning. Just, just you know, just pull the trigger if you're on the fence because it's a it's going to be a big thing for UC to you know, sell out every game. And uh, I know that they've been doing these fill it up Fridays. So if you're somebody that's looking to get a little advantage, uh, check in on fr- Thursday night. They usually post what their fill it up Friday deal is going to be. They were giving away some T-shirts a couple weeks ago. Last week, if you bought tickets, you get to run on the field with the team one week. So keep your eyes tuned for that if you're somebody that needs a little extra to get over the hump. Hey, we're not going to make the listeners uh, listen to the rest of this, so I'm going to cut it off. But, Joe, um, we'll we'll chat with you offline. But for now, we'll wrap it up. Cheers to uh, the defensive line. Great work on this article. Go check out Joe's work, and we appreciate you being on the podcast again, buddy. Hey, I was happy to be here, guys. Go Bearcats.